Good evening. It is time for the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, along with co-host Justin Tucker. Now, as I said, we're all done with our rankings. We did our power rankings. We did player rankings. We ranked our quarterbacks. We did all sorts of stuff like that. So we're about to predict our player awards. So, you, you know, we have the, the rookie of the years. Offense and defense, player, uh, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, comeback player of the year, and of course the big award MVP. Uh, now I did say last week that we are going to do some Super Bowl predictions and conference championship predictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're actually, I think we should actually hold off on that and just wait until right before the season and take our picks. I mean, and because you you also don't know what's going to happen during the pre, during the preseason. Any sort of injury could happen. Maybe mm-hmm. during a dress rehearsal game, game, Patrick Mahomes tears his ACL, or Tom Brady just you know dies of old age. So you never know what could actually end up happening. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? Yeah. The old Tom age. Brady joke dies of old age because he's like yeah. fifty. But anyways, um, as usually as usually, we're gonna get into our. Uh, current news, and there is a lot of it and some interesting stuff. So before I start off on this, I was talking to Justin about what we should name our next episode, and it just came to me because of some of this some of this information. So Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson to undergo foot surgery, each expected to miss five to twelve weeks. So mm-hmm. we name this episode "Off on the Wrong Foot." Get it? Get it? Because mm-hmm. two of their best players are having foot surgery, and they're starting off the season on the wrong foot. I, I think they got it when they when, when you first said it. It's pretty clever, if I may say so myself. Uh, anyways, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he during training camp, he held a brutally honest press conference when he on his first day back. Some interesting stuff he said in there. Uh, there was a fight that broke out during Giants training camp today. Uh, we're recording this episode on a Tuesday, as it always. So on Tuesday Tuesday afternoon, there was a fight that broke out. A furious Joe Judge, he decides to to discipline the players, makes them run a ton. Uh, Daniel Jones was in the middle of it. I believe I believe Evan Engram was part of it as well. He threw some threw some punches. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. Justin, do you have any have any thoughts on all this stuff that? has gone on this past couple days. Yeah. Um, it's one thing for Carson Wentz to have foot surgery because with his history of injuries, it's kind of like mm, you kind of expect it at this point. But Quinn Nelson, for for him to also have foot surgery, like this came out of left field when I saw this. I'm like, oh, are you sure this isn't a typo? Are you sure it's not Carson Wentz instead of Quinn Nelson? But when the story was confirmed, I was like, the Colts can't catch a break. They lost their, they lost their franchise quarterback and their franchise left guard all in one fell swoop. Unbelievable. And as far as the practice is concerned, uh, Daniel Jones was at the bottom of a pile. That is one thing you don't want your franchise quarterback to be under, which is a pile. I don't know how things got that serious in New York, but I'm glad Joe Judge was able to calm the situation down and made those boys run for putting his quarterback in that type of situation and for punches to be thrown. He wants to run a very tight, neat organization, which I'm happy about. And hopefully this 
aggression can lead to on-field production for the Giants. So look, when I say that this season is about to go off on the come on, go off on the wrong foot for the Indianapolis Colts, I mean that. Not only are they missing Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson to start the year, but they're also going. But people are forgetting they're also going to miss Eric Fisher, who's going, who's supposed to be their starting left tackle to start mm-hmm. the season. So their offensive line is going to be extremely banged up. Their car, their quarterback, who's whose body has has a track record of being made of chandelier parts is going to be chandelier parts again. And I just, and I was talking to you a little bit about this off camera, Justin, but I think this, so last, last week I had them, had the Indianapolis Colts on my top 10. I think, I believe I had them sixth. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can even make my list anymore. This team, eight. even if they come back in say five weeks, then their season is still starting off. Um, it's not. It's not starting off right, and they're gonna be. They're just going to have. It's going to take extra time to gel. They're going to lose games during that stretch, and the team is just. They they'll barely make make the playoffs if they do, and mm-hmm. that just that's not worthy of top ten teams in the entire NFL for me. It just doesn't cut. It just doesn't cut it. I actually. So my. I'm gonna. So I. The way I kind of have it updated is, um, so I took out, I just took out the Colts entirely. I moved everybody up a spot, and then I added the Bears at number ten. So, okay. So Justin, you had your Bears in there as well. Um, so I added them in, only because the the Colts just lost their quarterback for a little bit, and their guard, their pro, they're all pro guard, and they're going to be without without Eric Fisher. So that's that team is. The injury bugs hurting them early. As for Aaron Rodgers, um, for those of you who don't uh, don't know, Aaron Rodgers literally at the podium said that he was contemplating retirement. Yeah, he was at one point in time. He said that he was contemplating retirement at one point in the, during this off season, and he decided let's just give it a, give it another go and let's see how things go. So I'm mm-hmm. glad he's I, as much as I hate Aaron Rodgers. He, Aaron Rodgers is still good for the NFL. He's good for the league. It's good to have good quarterbacks around the league. Uh, well, he's great. It's good to have to have good teams with great quarterbacks around the league. So I'm glad he's back as much as I don't like that guy. Um, you love him. You don't like him. You love him. I don't. <sighs> but not. As far as the Colts are concerned, when I look at their schedule, they got the Rams, the Seahawks, the Ravens, the Dolphins, and I believe the Titans. All five of those teams are playoff caliber teams, depending on what Miami is doing with Xavier Howard. All five of them could potentially make the playoffs. If they start off 0-5, you can kiss your playoff hopes goodbye already before Carson or Quentin Nelson gets there. So they need to figure out how they're going to get some wins in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, you you're absolutely right there. They need to they need to find a way to get wins if well Carson we know Carson Wentz is going to be out at least 5 weeks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be a matter of so we'll have to figure out how are they going to win games? Are they going to bring in a new quarterback? I, heard, I saw some jokes, some half jokes going around 
especially on Twitter, saying, well, what if they brought in Nick Foles? That wasn't a joke. To replace, to replace Carson Wentz. You know, the last time that happened on, a, on an NFL team, good things happened after that. Just saying. So. Yeah, I know. You were still, a part of that. Your he's still technically somewhat. <laughs> Bel- Belichick was part of it. Breaking was Malcolm too. Butler. We don't need we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. But um I believe he's still on the I still believe he's still on the Chicago Bears. Yes, he is. And I don't think they're I don't think they're planning on according to reports, they're not at, planning on adding a Mariota or a a uh, I'm for, I'm blanking on the kid from Jacksonville's name, not Lawrence, uh, but the Garner, guy who's behind Garner him. Minshew. Minshew or Foles. They're not looking for that at this time. I Highly recommend they they reconsider that because I don't think their quarterback room besides that I don't even know their names like who the hell are these guys and, and uh, Sam Ellinger exactly point proven I I know who they are one of them was a Georgia quarterback before he went to Washington Sam Ellinger was a good quarterback for the Texan Texas Longhorns I believe so I believe right. Jacob Eason will get the start over Sam. Right, but this is NFL. Yeah, so time so this, it's it's going to be tough for them to win any games. Um, even if they start one and four, their playoff hopes are slim at that point. I think if they start off three and two, they can salvage the the rest of the season. I think that would be a fair. Absolutely. Um. Anyways, you have any other thoughts on this before we get on to the? At least I know Aaron Rodgers will be on the on the Packers for this season and maybe next season. But the Packers as a whole have ter- might have a cap hell situation going on next season. So maybe he won't be there for long. Time will tell. Yeah, definitely. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, that's I think that's enough for our I think that's enough for our current news. So we'll get into our award predictions coming up. So we are going we're going to start off with our rookies of the year. So we'll have the defensive rookie of the year and the offensive rookie of the year. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. All right, welcome back. So we're going to get into our rookie of the year predictions. We're going to start with defensive rookie of the year. Justin, you want to give me your pick? When I was really looking at the spots this year, I was more so focusing on my guy. And he's been impressing me a lot, which is saying a lot, because we usually don't have development until like year three, year four when they eventually leave us. But the fact that he's showing this much improvement in the first year is telling. And I really want to choose this guy. So fingers crossed, he will be our defensive rookie of the year, but just not to sound like a base, uh, just to sound like a biased Homer. Begrudgingly, I'm going to pick Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. I believe in that four, three scheme, he won't have to be the middle, the Mike linebacker. I believe he'll be more of the sandbacker, which means he can be more aggressive which plays into a strong suits. And I believe that defense as a whole will have plenty of opportunities to be on the field because not only will they be giving up touchdowns, their offense will be scoring touchdowns. So I believe <laughs> that he'll have plenty of times to flash his potential and rack up stats. See, I thought of using Micah Parsons because I thought, I think he's an incredibly gifted linebacker. He's phys- he's physically talented He's going all the the whole nine yards. The only issue with him that I have is that 
there's they already have a pretty strong linebacker core with Jalen Smith and uh, Vander Van Esch. So my, so my pick is actually Jeremiah Owusu Koromora. So this okay. is your guy. This is your guy, Justin, who yeah, you I'm... wanted throughout throughout the draft, and he actually fell fairly far. He fell into the he fell into the late second round, mm-hmm. and this is this guy. He wound up. So he's going to be. So he's still talented, I think. So I don't. I'm not sure why he fell. They said it was a lot of a lot of questions with his. What was his his um his was it off the field stuff? Was it his work work I ethic? I'm, I'm blanking on it. I'm blanking on it too, but I think it fell due to like a health a health problem. I think that's the reason why he fell. But on the field, he's good. I think it was more due to medical reasons more so than off the field issues. He's going so Jeremiah Owusu Koromora. He's gonna have. He's going to be working with um, a Browns linebacking core that has. That's their main weakness on defense. Now they get this guy. He's gonna be. He's gonna be running the show in that in that linebacker core, and he'll be. He'll have his time to shine. He's gonna be able to to rack up all the stats that he wants to make his case for defensive rookie of the year. That's why I have him as my pick for that, for that award. Mhm. I I respect you. I respect uh, your pick. As a matter of fact, I wanted him on the Ravens, but I was like, we don't need him. We have Patrick Queen and Millie Harrison. I just thought for value, I, I wanted him. But I wish we could have gotten him in the second round, but we didn't have a second round pick because of Kansas City. But I, the reason I chose Michael Parsons is because you're thinking he's not going to be on the field as much as Jeremiah Osukormo. I believe he will be based upon the scheme he's running with Dan Quinn. Because in that scheme, they'll have three linebackers on the field at the same time. I believe Jalen will be the Will, Layton will be the Mike, and uh, Michael Parsons will be the Sam. And if they run that system, then he'll have more opportunities than most to get plenty of to make plays. Because Dallas defense sucks. They're going to give up a lot of points, which means he'll have a lot of opportunities to make plays, just like his offense will be making plenty of opportunities to him because they'll score a lot of points as well. So it's just a matter of him being on the field a lot to garner the stats. And I think once you have the stats, I think he'll be able to win defensive rookie of the year pretty convincingly. Okay. See, I, I still think it's going to be called, I still think it's going to be, let's call him J. Okay. Just call him Joker. Joker? That's a that's a that's I what like they that. want to call him in Cleveland, but there's only one Joker, and that's Deshaun Elliott. So JOK is fine. Yeah, JOK because it's it's three different three different almost three different words here. We'll call him JOK. I think it's going to be him because I think uh, they're going to need him in that linebacker core. They're going to lean on him in in their schemes, their defensive schemes with the yeah. with linebackers. So they'll they'll be they'll be using him a lot more. Um, Okay. So do you want to give me do you want to give me your offensive rookie of the year? Well, this was hard because it was kind of hard picking between like the quarterbacks in the first round because it usually goes to the quarterbacks most most of the time than not. So I was like, all right, so who do I believe will have the opportunities? 
And when I first looked at it, I thought Trey Young, then I thought, no, Justin Fields. And then I thought, if you think Cam Newton is bad as you think he is, it might be Mac Jones. So then I kept on thinking, I kept on thinking. I was like, you know what? I believe in this guy too much to let me down. And I said, Justin Fields will be the NFL rookie of the year. I think I said, I said in last week's podcast, when my top 10 rankings came out with the Chicago Bears, I believe he'll have a Justin Herbert-like impact on the game. I'd say 3,800 yards, 29 to 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, something like that. And if he can produce at that similar level against NFL defenses, then yeah, I think he'd have a pretty good shot to be uh, the, the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. See, I just don't think any of the quarterbacks are really in the position to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So I actually went a different direction. with at uh, I went with wide receiver, and I went with Jamar Chase. And the reason I have oh, Jamar God. Chase is because Jamar Chase is an offense where he is – he may be he may be working on the transition from college to NFL but i think that i think that transition is going to be seamless and i'll tell you why his old quarterback joe burrow is now on his team so he has an, he has the same quarterback throwing to him they're mm-hmm. going to they're all they're going to be on the same page they're going to hit the ground running he's already probably going to be the top target in that offense and i just don't see See, they're gonna they're gonna line up T. Higgins wide, yep. and they're gonna use so between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, Jamar Chase wins out, and with Tyler Boyd, they're gonna He'll use him in the slot. Mm-hmm. He'll be in the slot, so it's not gonna be he's not gonna be have an issue with depth, and he'll have Joe Burrow. That offensive line has improved. I it's love the Bengals offense enough. this year. It it'll it improved a little bit. And they have a lot of targets for this offense for Joe Burrow. We'll get to Joe Burrow in a little bit. Just mm-hmm. a little sneak peek there. A little bit of a a little bit of a hint hint. Um, a little wink wink to the audience. Anyways, I have Jamar Chase. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year this year. He wins. I respect it. I really do. But my issue with that is their line won't allow him to be successful. I don't mind the transition from, like, uh, the college to the league because if you have it and you have it, just look at Justin Jefferson last year. He had it in spades. Uh, so I believe Jamar Chase had, could have that same effect because they both come from that LSU wide receiving core. But my issue is, yo, that line, I don't trust them at all. I really wanted them to pick up Penny, uh Sewell out of Oregon. Penny, Su- Penny Sewell, yeah. Yeah, I they didn't. They let Detroit get him, which is congrats, Detroit. It'll be good for you. But uh, I'm just not I'm not seeing it. I believe Joe Burrow won't have the same impact as I want him to as a fan because that line will get him killed. I believe Jamar Chase won't have the production he should have, even though I think he'll have good production because that line is not good. And so they'll have to set up for screens. And another thing that worries me if I want him as the offensive rookie of the year he has to face the Ravens the Browns and the Steelers six times a year those are three of the best defenses in the league three of them I think they're top 10 so these aren't going to be easy defenses especially the Ravens because of their secondary 
And because it's such a blitz-heavy defense, Joe Burrow might not have the time to give it to uh, Jamar Chase. That's what I'm worried about when it comes to the, to him. Yeah, I just think they won't need a, need that much time to throw. So you're just, just taking on him just getting the ball and going north. He'll he'll go. Yeah, I think he'll. I think he's he won't need with the amount of targets he'll have. Somebody's gonna get open, and. I think they're gonna they're gonna lean on Joe Mixon a lot more, and I think you're you're not giving that offensive line enough enough credit. No, they get they 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 improved on they addressed it in the second round. They should have addressed it in the first, but they addressed it in the second. And I believe they took one they took one early later on in the uh, later on in the draft, correct? So they've addressed it a little bit, and so all what they need. What clearly their plan is to surround Joe Burrow with with targets and just huck it all over the place. He won't need that much time, and that's why I have Jamar Chase. I think he's going to have that type that type of a season. I mean, if Justin Jefferson could have the type of year he had with Kirk Cousins throwing to him, then then I think they can do pretty in a run first offense. By the way. Then I think they I think Jamar Chase can do pretty well in this Bengals offense, even with that offensive line. I think I think despite the offensive line, I agree with you. It could have been better, but I think I think you're I don't think you're giving it, this team enough credit. I think the offense is going to be good enough. Whatever you say, uh, I will trust you. We will see within the first four weeks. Absolutely. All right. So now we're going to go on to pl- to in general, players of the year. So we're going to go into defensive players of the year and offensive players of the year. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. Okay, without further ado, we have our defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year. Why don't we lead off with defensive player of the year? Justin, why don't you give us your pick for the best defensive player for the 2021 season? Well, this season, I believe Miles Garrett will take the throne this year, mainly because they have Jadavion Clowney now, and they can line him up, line him up wherever on the line. So, if they really wanted to, he can be on the other edge with Miles Garrett, or side by side with them, depending on what they want to run, and that'll give Miles Garrett plenty of one-on-one opportunities to rack up sacks. I believe he'll have 15 plus sacks a few forced fumbles, and maybe a defensive touchdown. And with all those things, Cleveland is in the playoffs and fighting to see where they go as far as, like, the championship. So my pick for defensive play of the year is T.J. Watt. And the reason I have T.J. Watt is because he was snubbed of it this past year. He's been nothing short of spectacular in these past in ever since he entered the league. And I think he's going that offense runs through him. Or sorry, that defense runs through him. And he's going to put up he's going to put up the statistics just like he did this past season. And maybe even better, I have him, TJ Watt is going to come back and he's going to get revenge for being snubbed of def, of defensive player of the year. I'm sorry, Aaron Donald is amazing, but the fact that the fact that TJ Watt didn't get it, just sorry. It it's should have been Watt. It, it's Aaron Donald 
Like, I understand what you're saying. I thought he should have won it too, but I'm not going to say he got snubbed. It's Aaron Donald, bro. It's, it, it's, it's him. I know. I know. He's, he's over 300 pounds and he has a six pack. No, he's not. I don't even think he's 300. He's six foot like 270. That's still like built, built, kind of built like an offensive lineman. And I, I agree. I agree. Great player. Physical specimen. He's still TJ Watt. TJ Watt, man. Should have been TJ Watt. And I think he'll, he's going to get it this year. I certainly hope so. But I think, uh, I think the Steelers record might hold him back. Mm, I think we'll have to see what happens, but I think that offense is regardless of what happens to the team. I think he's that defense is going to run through him and all their schemes are going to run through him. I think the team is starting to realize that the, that TJ Watt, he's the, the focal point of that defense and he's their best, pl- best player on that, on that side of the ball. And he's going to give them that defense life throughout the season. Um, Especially, just watch, just watch the way he celebrates his ta- his sacks. You just get like even as a viewer, just watching the game, you just get, you just feel just, you just feel I electrified feel. whenever he just does that. Whenever he just does that, when he just lifts up his knee and he just get, he just screams out in the. Oh, you it's can unbelievable. Feel electrified by it, I feel disgusted and in pain. Right, because you're a Ravens fan, of and course. he probably you probably feel that after he sacks Lamar Jackson. Psych, I, Lamar will stiff arm him off of him because he's done it repeatedly. But that's besides the point. All right, so why don't we move on to our offensive player of the year? Who do you have? Who's your pick? Well, I think offensive player of the year usually go to like running backs because more than likely they won't give it to they won't give running backs MVPs. So offensive player of the year, I think it might go to Alvin Kamara this year. Alvin Kamara, that's an interesting pick. So um, you don't need to. So you don't need to. I'll I'll try to guess what your thought process is for you. Um, they lost their quarterback. Yep. Michael Thomas is going to be out for a long time. Yep. They lost Jared Cook. So mm-hmm. the offense, they're just going to lean on him. They're going to throw to Alvin Kamara. They're going to make him run, and yep. he's. They're just going to run him into the ground. Is that your? Is that your basic? I is, that, see, is that pretty much right? Yeah, I can see him he's going to get like even more of a role. Yeah, he'll have more of a role. I think he might break a thousand yards this season and might have like eight hundred to a thousand yards in receptions or in receiving yards. I think he'll have over a hundred yards, um, not a hundred yards, a hundred catches. And so I think in a balanced offense like that where it's only him or bust, I think he'll get more opportunities to be an offensive player of the year. I think that's how they're going to frame that offense. Depending on who the quarterback is, some say it might be Taysom Hill. Others might say it's Jameis Winston. Hopefully they've both taken steps in the right direction to be the franchise guy for them, but I think it's going to be Alvin Kamara more so than anybody else because he'll have such a heavy load on his hands. So for offensive player of the year, I picked Tom Brady. At, and okay, I think that off. I think so. With a torn M, with a torn MCL, I've got he put through for forty touchdown passes. He just twelve interceptions. 
and nearly 5,000 yards. And mm-hmm. this was all with, with a, with a COVID shortened preseason or th- there was no, sorry, there was no preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, all ever, it was just an irregular off season all around. And on top of that, um, this is year two in this, in a, in a new system, he's going to put up even better numbers. And I think Tom Brady is going to wind up winning this, this award. I have a good feeling about Tom Brady this year. As long as that, as long as he stays as his age doesn't show, which it hasn't in during his career so far, at least hasn't enough. Mm-hmm. I have Tom Brady winning this award. Of course you have Tom Brady winning the award. Of course you do. No surprise there. No surprise there. You're telling me Tom Brady, who can't even win a Pro Bowl, is going is going to is going to win Offensive Player of the Year. Okay, I I, I believe you. I'm well, saying Kyler Murray didn't deserve that Pro Bowl. Hey, but the NFL thought he did over Tom Brady. They need to start deciding that during during the playoffs or something. How because, would they do or that at least the playoffs? at least in Week 17? Because when you decide. Because Tom Brady played his best football after they after they decided to pick for for the Pro Bowl, and Tom Brady had a better season than Kyler Murray. I'm sorry, he just did. Okay, they still have to pick during the season. They can't just pick during the playoffs. That's kind of not how rosters work for the Pro Bowl. But I get what you're saying. Tom Brady did have a better overall season than Kyler Murray, so he did deserve it. But Tom Brady would settle for a Super Bowl ring that a Pro Bowl won. All right. Um, so I think that wraps up our defensive and offensive players of the year. Uh, yeah. So we're going to go next. We're going to go into the coach of the year and the comeback player of the year. So this is a little bit of a tricky one. A lot of different a lot of different opinions you could have for this one. Uh, I think we're going I think it's going to be interesting how we pick this. Stay tuned. You're you are listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back. We are doing our player awards predictions for this upcoming season. We've done the we have we've done defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, both rookies of the year. Now we're going into coach of the year. Justin, why don't you lead off and give us our coach of the year? After many considerations, I think you talked me into this one when talking about how Matthew Stafford is going to show me how he's a top 10 quarterback this year. And if he is going to show me it, I believe Sean McVay will be a big part of that. And so I believe Sean McVay will win coach of the year. So I'm glad I could talk you into something and convince the the college football player on a on a take that I have that Matthew Stafford's going to have an electric year this year. No, um, I didn't say that. I, I I did not say that. I said I predict that he'll win Coach of the Year, regardless if he is a top ten quarterback or not. So you don't. So let's say let's say Matthew Stafford has a worse year than Jared Goff. Do you think? McVay wins coach of the year at that point? Depends on where they are in the playoffs or like seeding in playoffs. If they're like a two, yeah, he could still win coach of the year because the run game or the defense for that matter. So it really depends. 
So that you you you're going strictly based on wins. If the team wins a lot of games, then then Jared Goff, sorry, then Sean McVay is going to win Coach of the Year. I think they can have twelve wins, and I think Matthew Stafford's going to be good in that system. I don't, I'm not sure he'll be top ten, but top fifteen is good enough for me. See, I see a bit of a contradiction in your argument. I've got to say. Because when you first when you first started talking, giving your explaining your case for Sean McVay, you said you talked me into it by talking about how electric uh, Matthew Stafford is going to be and that Sean McVay is going to be in the middle of it. And then I said, well, is it because so it's because of Matthew Stafford? What if Matthew Stafford doesn't play well? And then you're saying, well, if the team wins, then it doesn't matter. So is it going to be because of Matthew Stafford, or is it because of because they win a lot of games? Because if they play wor- if they play worse with with Jared Goff with <laughs> Matthew Stafford than they did with that puppet Jared Goff, you then it's not a good look for Sean McVay. He's he's a puppet. He's he a is st- not. He is, he is a good quarterback. You just mm. you stick oh. your hand. He sticks his hand his oh. arm up his keister. And he just moves them around, and he goes, throw to here, throw to here. Okay. So do this, do that. That's what he does. But if he has a worse a worse year than Matthew Stafford, what does that say about Jared Goff, and what does that say about Matthew Stafford? I believe at the end of the year, if he what does have a great year like you're trying to tell me he will, then yes, I do believe he'll win Coach of the Year. That's all I'm saying. If you're trying to tell me, that Matthew Stafford is this top 10 to top 15 guy, and maybe even top five based on talent, then yes, I could see Sean McVay with the talent around him offensively and defensively winning coach of the year. I could see it. Okay. Um, so my coach of the year pick is actually Joe Judge. And the reason I have Joe Judge is because ever since he took, a, he took control of that team, as head coach in the 2020 season, that team, well, that team started off very poor, but ever mm-hmm. since then, that team has got, that team rallied around him. They played for him. And despite their lack of talent in certain spots, they were still able to contend for a playoff spot. I mean, the team started one and seven. And then they yeah. were, next thing you know, they're five and seven, or five and seven, six and seven, somewhere around there. And they, mm-hmm. they, they nearly got a playoff spot. In fact, they were the favorites in the NFC East for a little bit before the before Washington sweep, swooped in and uh, won a la- the last couple of games at seven and nine. But I mean, that's just just tells you how bad the NFC East is. But I have Joe Judge. I think that that team is loaded with talent. They listen to Joe Judge. They love Joe Judge. I know we just mentioned earlier on in the latest news that a fight broke out, but I mean, that hey. Happened. It happens. It's happened before. You know, it actually happened right before in the 2015 season. There was a fight that broke out during before the season started with the Carolina Panthers. One team, the quarterback of that team, won one league MVP, and the and Ron Rivera, the head coach of that team, won Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Is it an omen? It's possible. Not saying, not trying to say fights are good, but you know, it you can win, you can win a award, player awards despite in spite of that. 
So just saying, I think Joe Judge can I think Joe Judge will get it. I think that team is has plenty of talent now. Um like I've said in the past, and we've been saying it, um, all of the all of the chips are on the table for that Giants team. It's all going to be on Daniel Jones. You know, they drafted this guy number five overall, number four, five. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for him to sh- to prove that he is worthy of that number five pick. It's time to Im- for him to prove that he is that guy. If he's not, then they're then that team, that Giants team, might need to start looking elsewhere at quarterback. Maybe start looking in the draft for other guys, or maybe or- maybe trade for one. Find some something because what they what they're doing. If it with Daniel Jones, if it doesn't work, then that's a tr- then that's a problem. But mm-hmm. that's besides the point. But let's go, um, let's go into comeback player of the year. Who do you have for comeback player of the year, Justin? Comeback player of the year, I believe it will go to Christian McCaffrey. That's a, that's not a ter- That's not a bad pick. I think okay. When he's healthy, phenomenal. But I just don't think he had the opportunities last year to be healthy because of injuries or whatnot. So I think he'll come back to be resurgent as ever. Not necessarily a thousand and a thousand yard season like he did two years ago in 2019, but maybe somewhere around uh, 1,300 yards, 600 passing yards, 1,900 total yards. That seems about right. So what I have for comeback player of the year is Joe Burrow. I heard it, and I still can't believe it. So Joe Burrow is going to be comeback player of the year because even before he start, even before he got hurt, he was he was actually he, he showed some flashes. He showed some potential that he could be pretty good. Yeah. And they had some good players around him. They had with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Yep. And now, yes, they didn't. As you mentioned earlier on in the show, they didn't. They didn't address offensive line in the first round, but they did take Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase is going to make that player – he's going to make that player better. He has that one guy in his back pocket who he's who he's played with before, who he went to college with. He was his teammate in LSU. I think he's go, he had a, a historic year back before – back during his senior season with Jamar Chase. I think – Joe, I think Joey Burrow is going to have himself a great year and become comeback player of the year this this upcoming season. I think that offensive line has improved a little bit. It certainly isn't where we would like it to be, but they may not need that much time. They well, they Joey Burrow may not need that much time to throw the ball. I'm just saying. I've been saying it. I love. I've been talking up these Bengals during this episode. I know you don't like that as a as a Ravens fan. But I'm doing it anyways. I think that offense is going to be legit next year. Do so at your own peril. I keep telling you that line isn't where it should be if you want them to have an explosive offense. I keep telling you that. I keep also telling you they have to face against three of the top ten defenses in the league six times a year. That is not something I would want to go against. Especially the Ravens, who have arguably three corners that match up favorably against the against the Bengals. We have Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, and Marcus Peters. That's not something you want to relish. And if you have food, that's right, I'm calling them food for an offensive line, my young rookie in Jason O'Duffy 
or or I'm sorry, Adafi Awua will go right through your left tackle and say hello to the Joey Burrow all game long. Justin Houston will say hi to Joey all day long. My blitz is hi Pat hi Joey says Patrick Queen. Remember our days at LSU. So I'm like, all right, this is not going to be good for him. I really, I, I'm insistent that they should have chosen a lineman for him. But at the same time, Bengals are going to bangle. So if you really believe that he'll be a comeback player of the year, you're basically banking on the fact that he'll have 4,000 yards, maybe 30-plus touchdowns, and he'll stay healthy for the majority of the season. I'm questioning whether he can make it out of October. That's where I'm at with this line. Really? So you have no faith in the offensive line right now? No. See, I'm going to keep on saying it. I don't think he needs that much time anymore. I think they have plenty of targets. They have three great, three very good wide receivers. And I think one of those receivers, Jamar Chase, is going to have a, have himself an incredible year. And I think that team ha- that those two have such a great rapport that he's going to be comfortable throwing to him as as much as he wants. And he still has Joey Bur- uh sorry, uh, Joe Mixon to throw to it out of the backfield or yeah. just or hand it off to him. And mm-hmm. I think Joe Mixon, I think that whole offense is going to function a lot better than you think it will. And I think Joe Burrow will be the will be a benefactor of that. I had no faith whatsoever. I tell you like this. If that offensive line was a religion, I'm an atheist. I have no faith in that wow. line. Okay. There we go. All right, we're not going to agree with that. We're not going to agree on this. It's it's going to this is one of those things where time will tell. So we'll figure we'll find out. Uh just like how you are going to find out who our pick for the league MVP is coming right up. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. All right, so we have reached the end of our show. We've gone through all of our player award predictions except for the last one, the finale. The the award that we all covet, League MVP. How'd you like that transition, Justin? Going from impressive. I thought it was I just thought of it on the fly. I was like, Mm -hmm. well, time will tell. We'll figure. We'll find out. Just like we're gonna find out our League MVP. Anyways, um, Justin, do you want to give us your pick for the MVP for this coming season? Mm. My League MVP will be. Tom Brady. <laughs> this hurts. This this hurts, bro. This I can't stand him. I don't like him, but he's damn good. Oh my god! But Tom Brady has the system around him to be good. He is a he is a Hall of Famer in the flesh. He has the player. He has the receiving core around him to put the numbers to one MVP. I believe he has the overall team like building around him to be an MVP as far as offense and defense and special teams. The head coach is the right one for him. And he has an O-line that is pretty darn gone good. I believe top five in the game. So if they can keep Tom Brady, Tom Brady's head on straight, I think he can throw an upward of 45 touchdown passes and maybe nine interceptions now that he has a clear mindset of the offensive playbook and he has another year under his belt in that system it pains me to say but tom brady does have 
the best opportunity to win league MVP again. I'm sorry. I didn't hear any, like all of what you said. Could you repeat everything and say it slowly so I can hear it? I said Tom Brady fumbled in that Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, that's not what I heard. That's <laughs> not what I heard. I heard. That's not what I heard at all. But you and I have matching picks. I'm double dipping with Offensive Player of the Year, and I have Tom Brady he can't winning win MVP. He can't win both? I don't think he'll win both. I think he'll get MVP. I think he'll get both. If that's the way you feel. It's going to be, like I've, as I've said, I explained why he's Offensive Player of the Year. Why he's league MVP is, I mean, just look at what he did for this past, this past year. He didn't win league MVP, but you could see what, like, you could see once you, once, uh, once reporters took a much closer look at what was going on in that locker room, he wasn't just helping out with that offense. He was helping out with that entire franchise. He, one man walking into that Tampa Bay Buccaneers building transformed a losing culture into a winning culture, into the Patriots South in like overnight. And now you have now now you go into the offseason. You have all of these free agents. You expect, well, we're going to lose some. Well, but uh, hopefully they'll be close to as to as good as they were. Maybe 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 they'll match as good as they are as they were because Tom Brady will be in his second year. They all came back. And they all took discounts. They just they wanted yeah. to play with Tom Brady. They bought in. They all love it there. It's just a new culture there. And that just that that if that's not the the meaning of MVP, most valuable player, then I don't know what is. I know nowadays it's like the best statistic. Give it to the best player. Tom Brady might not only put put up the best statistics, but he's also actually the actual most valuable player in this league. And I firmly believe he's going to win it this year. If mm-hmm. he, if not, he'll at least be a candidate. If they decide, if some j- some jackasses decide, let's t- let's go with the the statistical great player. Let's go with the arm talent, or let's something like Josh that. Allen or Patrick Mahomes. Some stiff who can't win Super Bowls. I wonder who that could be. Anyways, got anything else to say before we end the show? Nah, I'm happy my Ravens signed Justin Houston. I believe that's another great potential edge rusher coming off to sack Joey Burrow because that line will not save him from us. But other other than that, nah, other than Superman will save the day for the Patriots as usual. Nah, it's going to be a bowl of mac and cheese. Mac Jones is going to lead that team to, to the playoffs. Is that the nickname you guys gave him, Mac and Cheese? I kind of like it. Or Mac City. Mac City will work. Something like that. Something basic that I'm sure will just stick with him. They might they might go with both. He could have several nicknames, depending on how, on how good he is. I mean, if he if he sucks, then he's not he's he might have one. I mean, somehow I mean, who knows? Somehow Matt uh, Matt Ryan got Matty Ice for some stupid reason. Even though he's the worst he when that. he's under pressure. I don't know how he got that, but that's fine. 
I think they just like the like the way it sounds, and they're like, oh, it's his quarter. It's our quarterback. He won league MVP, so let's give him Matty Ice. Before then, he had that name before then. That's it's still issue. stupid. It's still right. stupid. It's stupid. But anyways, I I mean, what I one thing I one thought I have is, you know, this is our last episode before preseason preseason starts. The last episode before an NFL game starts. We're gonna we football is back. Can you believe it, Justin? It's back. It feels just like Christmas. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's gonna be great. That's mm-hmm. gonna be when I you know how I advertise our episodes and yep. put put some music under it for our last episode before the season starts. You're using that. That's what I'm using. That's what I'm using as an episode. As as music. All right. It's the most wonderful time. Like that's, it's gonna be amazing. All right. Anyways, I'm gonna have to end end this right here. That'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you just subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify and Google Play. Also, be sure to follow our our Instagram at fumblerooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week over and out. Bye-bye.